This is Quinnipiac University's own 98.1 FM WQAQ. The only station you need for the best music, sports, and talk. The new WQAQ. This is the Marvel Sports Talk Show with your host David Maher and Andrew Spisano, presented by 98.1 WQAQ. What's up, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Marvel Sports Talk Show, broadcasting live from inside the Carl Hanson Student Center on the campus of Quinnipiac University. I am David Marr, alongside Andrew Spezzano, coming back from a solid Easter weekend. Um, you know, obviously a great time to spend with family and friends, but um, got to see some sports, got to watch the Bruins on Saturday, got to call a Prospect League game on Saturday. So that was my weekend. Andrew, how about you? What would you do? Oh, it was great. Um, I got to see both sides of my family. I went up to Long Island on Saturday. It was good to see them. Then on Sunday, we had some family from my dad's side over to celebrate Easter. And yeah, it was it was a nice break from the crazy school stuff that's been going on recently. Yeah, it has. It's, it's going to be a crazy week for both of us, for sure, obviously, with classes coming down. I think we only have maybe three more shows left before the end of the uh, end of the year which is crazy so yeah we've got um a good show for you guys tonight let's start with the national hockey league and we'll get to baseball at the end of at the end of the break but let's start with hockey and let's talk a little bit about the wild card races that are going on let's start in the east officially after the islanders were eliminated by the leafs a couple of days ago everybody in the east is in we have the panthers the leafs the lightning the Hurricanes, the Rangers, Penguins, Bruins, and Capitals currently. But it's the last three spots that are up for grabs, which means the last spot in the Metropolitan and the two wildcard spots currently held by the Bruins or the Capitals. So out of the Penguins, Bruins, and Capitals, which team do you trust more entering the final week of the season? Who? Um, well, the Bruins have all these injuries, which makes me a little concerned about them on the uh, defense. I'll get to my take about them in a minute. Um Wow, this is tough. I know. <laughs> Boston's 5-5 five and five their last 10. I'm going to go with the Capitals right now because mm-hmm. they've won seven of their last 10 games. You know, they just beat Colorado on the road, which is a huge win for them because Colorado's the best team in hockey, hands down. And they put up eight the game before that against Montreal. You know, they are hot right now. They've got Ovechkin, who's approaching 50 goals. He's going to get there, I think. Kuznetsov's having a great year as well. Then on defense, John Carlson's very good. Dmitry Orlov. And then in, in that, they've got a solid duo of Sam Sonov and Vanacek. So I, I think this Capitals team recently has the best shot of getting a higher, or out of those three teams is going to play well to end the regular season. I like their favorable schedule. I agree with that. They have Vegas tomorrow, which should be an important game for both teams with Vegas teetering on the brink of not making the playoffs. They go to Arizona. They go host Toronto, which could be a big game. And then the next three games are against the New York teams, two of which are against the Islanders, one of which is in New York at the end of the season. So I agree with the Capitals. Let let me start with uh, the Bruins because I was at that game Thursday night with my dad. After the first period, the Bruins were up 2-0. It looked like they had complete control of the game. And then obviously there were some questionable calls by the officials. But... And uh, Lena Solmar got taken out of the game, too, because he got hurt. So add that to the list of injuries that they have. But setting that aside, they showed no fight in the final two periods of the hockey game. I didn't like what I saw from any other than Mark McLaughlin, who's played tremendous since getting signed from Boston College. There was nothing in that game that I liked other than his play. Like Jeremy Swayman gave up a couple bad goals. The Bruins' power play is atrocious. It cannot move without Pasternak. <clears throat> um, the defense is too injured. Lindholm's out. Charlie McAvoy's on an island by himself. Matt Grizzlick was atrocious in that game. He was horrible. And I got a hot take. If the Bruins are a quick first-round exit, which currently they would play Carolina, they might even slip and play Florida in the first round. They will be done. Yeah. 
I think Bruce Cassidy is going to go out the door. I think him or Don Sweeney because I think Don I, I think Don Sweeney will keep his job because he did get Lindholm to add to the defense. He did do a good job of bringing in some other veteran players over the offseason like Hala and Felino. I, I think he's done a good job with that. But I read a report from a Boston Globe writer before the game started on, on Thursday night. Bruce Cassidy was talking to the players like like Herb Brooks in the 1980s about, you know, we have all day to do this. We got all day. I don't care how tired you guys are. I don't care how much you guys complain. We're staying in practice. We're going to do this until I'm satisfied. That was a ploy to get his team up to go for the game against the Senators, and it clearly didn't work. So he is going to probably be out the door at the end of the season. The Bruins have got to win the first round before. I think he will at least save his job for the next year, but I'm concerned about the Bruins. I know that they're injured, but everybody has injuries. You have to deal with the injuries. The Bruins are not. He's part of the problem. I think the Bruins, they're going to get in, but I'm concerned about who they're going to play. They're either going to play Carolina, Florida, or maybe the Rangers, because the Rangers... They still have a game in hand of Carolina, so who and knows? And they play them again next yeah, week. That's going to be a big game. Yeah, I, I like the Rangers where they're at. So let's talk about the other five contenders, which is Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and New York. Um, which one of those teams do you see making a long run in the East? Oh, it's it's Florida. Really? Yeah, they've won 10 in a row. Are they getting Ekblad back? They should be. I think I read a report. He's, he skated today in, in Long Island, which is good. Especially if they get Ekblad back. But this Florida team, and we've, we've been raving about them all year. They've got so many studs. They've you know, so good. Huberdo, Barkov, Reinhardt, Duclairs. He's 31 goals. Carter <laughs> Hagee, Sam Bennett. Um, and then they've got the young guys. They got Listerainen, Lombergs. Had, he had a nice goal the other night. Yes, he did. Um, and then Annette, Spencer Knight, he's been playing pretty well recently. Happy birthday, GOAT. Uh, I think he might start in the playoffs potentially. Which he should have started today. Which would be interesting. Um, but I, I really like this Florida team to have, to at least get to the Eastern Conference semis and probably, they'll probably go to the Cup, honestly. But I do, I am, I do think the Rangers I was going to jump on them after. Because they've got the best goalie in the East. And probably in hockey with Igor Shosturkin. Yep. And if he is on his A game and the offense could put up good numbers, like if Kreider could keep it going, Panarin, Zabanajad, Frankie Vitrano has been incredible getting him from Florida. He's been awesome. Lafreniere had an unbelievable goal the other day against Detroit. That might be the best goal the Rangers have scored all year. I think if the Rangers can get good goaltending out of Igor, I think they could pose a threat to Florida. Let me ask you this before I make my my selection. The Rangers are in the two spot. If they stay out of the one spot, would you rather play Pittsburgh or Washington? Honestly, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because Washington has been the hotter team. And they've Jari's out with a broken foot. And Yeah, that too. But the, the Washington Capitals have given the Rangers trouble in Washington. Yep. But, I mean, it is scary that you'd, they'd have to go up against Crosby or Ovechkin. But, obviously, with Jari being out, and I don't think Pittsburgh's defense is as good as Washington's. Not to mention their offense. And, yeah, they're – no, definitely not. I, I would, I'd be more comfortable going up against Pittsburgh. And we've beaten them up the mm-hmm. last few games, too. I think Florida's definitely in, in for a long run. They're, they've, they're ten, they've won 10 straight games. And you think about it, one of those games was a four-goal comeback in New Jersey – one of those was a four-goal comeback at home against Toronto. Since then, not only has their offense been playing well, but so has their defense. They gave up only one goal to Winnipeg. They gave up two against the Ducks. And they gave up a goal in their game against Detroit on Easter Sunday. They've been playing much more, much better defense. And Ekblad's been out of the lineup. That yep. is good, I think, for the Panthers. And they're going to be battle-tested going into the playoffs because I'm looking at their schedule. They have Toronto and Tampa Bay coming up at the end of the week at home. The Toronto game could be potentially for the Atlantic Division title and maybe the number one seed in the East. Tampa Bay is always a fun game to watch. And then they go to Boston, which is like their last road test of the season. I don't think Ottawa or Montreal, those two games will probably mean nothing. But I think being battle-tested going into the playoffs after the Detroit game with games against Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Boston, that will help battle-test this team and get them ready to go for the playoffs. I think that they're definitely due for a long run, but... And I know that they have been horrible in the first round, and we should be 
understanding what they've gone through for the last few years, don't sleep on the Maple Leafs. They have a ton of skill. They've got a ton of speed. If they could ever get good goaltending from Shawgarn or Campbell, mm. they'd be a very scary team to watch in the playoffs. And imagine that. The winner of Tampa Bay and Toronto will most likely have to play Florida after either but a series that could go seven games. Because those two teams play against each other, and it is so fun to watch. Tampa and Toronto should be an excellent first-round series. All right, to the Wild Wild West, where basically there are, th- I'm going to count four teams still alive for those last two wild-card spots. I am writing off Vegas because I watched that game against the Devils last night. I don't know how you lose to Andrew Hammond, who is a horrible goaltender at home. What? The Hamburglers. I know. But I don't know how you lose to that team with that goalie at home in a game that you have to have. You are four points out of the playoffs. You need to win that game to get two points back, and they lost. That was a bad loss for Vegas. They've, I know that they're 6-3-1 in their last 10, but they really haven't shown that they are a playoff-tested team or playoff-ready team. The team that I'm really excited to see if they can get in is Vancouver. Vancouver's won six in a row. I think their schedule is a little bit favorable. It's definitely more favorable than Nashville's. But which two teams are going to get those last two spots in the West? So I think I think Nashville's going to get one of them despite that tough schedule because yeah. I, I trust UC Soros more than I trust any of the other goalies of those. Oh, versus Sturkin? No. Oh, of, oh. The, of the teams including Dallas, Vegas, and ah, Vancouver. Gotcha. I trust him the most of those four teams. Definitely <coughs> not over Igor. I trust Igor over everyone. Yeah, yeah. But um, that second spot's going to be interesting. Now, Vegas looked terrible last night. So, I mean, I would I would much rather... I'd have Vancouver finishing over them, and they have a game in hand. But I also... I think Dallas is going to hold on. And Jake and Ottinger's had a very good year. Obviously, they've got Jamie Benn, who's a beast. They got Joe Pavelski having a big year. Robertson, the young guy, he's got 36 goals. Hintz has 34 goals. You know, I think I think Dallas could hold on, and I think the two teams that are in their positions now, who will both have a game in hand on Vegas and have played the same amount as Vancouver, I think they could hold on to those two spots with having a five-point lead over the Canucks. Vancouver did beat Vegas twice. And they beat Dallas last night. So they might be... A, put them back in it. Another ballot. Yeah, that put them certainly back in it. And if you think about it, they actually have two paths to get in. One is they could win the wild card by some miracle. Or if by another miracle, they're only four points behind Los Angeles in the Pacific Division. So I didn't even just realize that going into, into, the, into the show today. They're sitting four points out of a division spot, which means they don't need to get the wild card to get in. They just have to get to the in the three spot in the division. I don't trust L.A. I think they've been on a little bit of a roller coaster this year. I still think they're a little too young. I think Vegas, again, I'm, I'm writing Vegas off. They're done. They have no chance. But I think Vancouver might be the team that takes L.A.'s spot in the, in the Pacific. And I know it's going to be a tough challenge for them in round one against Edmonton, but... I don't think that it would matter. I think that I think Vancouver's a battle-tested team. They've got a young team that believes. Bo Horvat's had a tremendous season. Uh, Pedersen's been great. JT Miller's having an outstanding season with 91 points. They're also ninth in defense and goals against per game with 2.76. Their power play is eighth best in the NHL. They do have a really, really, really bad penalty killer, which is 31st in the league. But I think the Canucks might be the team that is going to steal one of the either the wild card spot. Or they're going to knock the Kings out of a, of a division spot in the Pacific. So it'll be an interesting race with the last week of the season coming up around the corner. So speaking of the West, how good is St. Louis, Ben? You want to talk about a hot team. St. Louis is 9-0-1 in their last 10, and they've won nine straight. Do you think the Blues could get past Colorado in the second round if they get that far? No, but they're going to give them a heck of a series. Mm. They're going to win games in that. It's going to go six or seven games. Mm. And this St. Louis team has, <coughs> you want to talk about depth. They might have the best depth in hockey, mm-hmm. you know, on offense with guys like Tarasenko, Buchnevich, getting him from the Rangers. 
I'm so mad the Rangers got rid of Pavel Buchnevich. He was I loved him. Jordan Cairo has had a big year. Braden Shen, Barbashev, Peron, Brandon Saad. All of the guys I just mentioned have over 22 goals each. They're they've got a lot of guys that are just having great years. And then in net, Huso's looked good. Bennington is a playoff experienced vet. He won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So if he gets a start or two in the playoffs, I think he'll show up. And then on defense, they've got some solid guys like Justin Falk, Corey or Tori Krug, Colton Pareko. <sighs> yep. Scandella's not bad. You know, this St. Louis team has a lot of depth, and I do think that they they're going to give the Colorado Avalanche a very tough time, but I just don't I can't see them beating them. Colorado's just so good all around, and I think this this is their year. I, I agree. I, I think St. Louis is a good team. They again, much like Vancouver, they're battle tested. They went into Boston and won four to two. They beat the Wild four to three. They beat them again six to five in a wild game. <clears throat> Excuse me. They hung eight on the Predators in Nashville the other day. So I like the way the Blues are playing right now. They're 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 completely healthy. They've got a solid goaltender in Huso. And if he gets banged up, Bennington has playoff experience. I don't trust him right now, but I still think he's a playoff experience goaltender. He'd certainly play well. Um yeah, I, I don't think the Blues will beat the Avalanche. The Avalanche are too good. Um, I do think it'll be a, a really, really good series to watch. So let's bring up the Edmonton Oilers. They're 8-1-1 in their last 10. They've got, obviously, their two stars with Dreisaitl and McDavid. But why is it that the Oilers just cannot play defense? They just give up too many goals. They're tied for 17th in the league with 3.08 goals against per game. They're also 20th at penalty kill. If the Oilers could ever get good defense and a good goaltender, they might be a team to watch out for in the in the West. Well, the other thing with Edmonton is they're very top-heavy. They don't have a lot of depth behind McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman, and maybe even Nugent Hopkins. You know, I mean, Kyler Yamamoto and Paul Yarvey are solid young players, but they're not, like, fantastic. Neither of them put up big numbers at all. You know, they're getting carried, and if, if one of these two big guys, like, gets injured, they're shocked. Like, they're done. And then obviously defensively, they've got nothing. I mean, Tyson Berry's solid, but outside of that, I mean, Darnell Nurse, maybe. He's got a, he's plus 19 on the season, which is their best for any of their defensemen. But I don't trust their defense, and I definitely don't trust Koskinen or Mike Smith in the playoffs. So I, I think that if their offense, somehow, if some of their depth guys <coughs> start scoring... They could maybe outscore teams in some games, but I just can't see them making a deep run. I can't either, but I do think they get out of the first round against whoever they're going to play, whether it's Vancouver, Vegas, or L.A. They just have too much too much firepower on offense. If they could ever get a good defense to go along with it, they'd be scary. But 8-1-1 their last 10, battle-tested team. They score a ton of goals, and they've been playing much better since that really bad loss to Calgary um, on the road in in Alberta. So I, I, I agree. I think that they're going to score a ton of goals. It's just a matter of will they play good defense. They actually haven't allowed a goal in two games. And they've actually, yeah, they haven't allowed a goal in their last two games, which was at Nashville and home game against Vegas. So they've been playing much better. All right, let's go speed round to wrap it up. It's too early to talk awards, but we're going to do it. Um, So let's start with the Calder. Who wins the Calder trophy? Ooh, um... I'd say Lundell, but I don't think he's he matches some of the other prospects right now. I'm honestly not too sure. Oh. Um, I mean, who are the guys in the running? Uh, I'm looking this up right now. Uh, I would probably put. I'm going to put Lundell because he's uh, all right. Lucas Raymond, Trevor Zegers, Jeremy Swayman. Oh, Swayman. Um, Michael Bunting and Moritz Sider. Sider's had a great year. Um, I'm going to go with Swayman, though, because he mm-hmm. has been phenomenal for Boston and behind, in the back of the net. He's, and he might be one of the top four goalies of the year. I would, I'd go with Swayman. I would go with Swayman. I think Zegers could make a, you made an interesting case for Zegers and also for Michael Bunting, what he's done this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with Swayman. He's put up some good numbers. Um, it, I think it's going to be really tough for him to win it with all the other guys that are in the running, but um, I do think that he finds a way to win it. All right. Do you think Igor Shesterkin will win the Vesna? If not, who is going to win it? 
It's going to be Igor Shosturkin, but I could see Freddie Anderson getting it if if the voters are drunk and decide <laughs> not to vote for Igor. I can make a case for you say Soros, but yeah, I I I gotta go with Shosturkin. He's been the best goaltender on and off the ice, <clears throat> and I don't even think the Rangers would be in the position that they're in in the standings without Igor Shosturkin. So no way they would be. No, all right. So uh, Art Ross, which is Oh, that's points leader. All right, that's not one we'll pick. Um, let's do. Hard. Yeah, let's do hard. Who wins the hard this year? I think it's going to be Austin Matthews. He's had a big year for Toronto. He's the lead, leader in goals, and he's the heart and soul of that team. I think he's going to win it. But I could see Huberto winning it for your boys. Uh, I I think Huberto could win it, but the way that the Panthers have played all these high scoring games and the way that they're able to score at will. With so many moving parts, I know Huberto put up his, I think, his first 100-point season of his career. <clears throat> but I, I think it's Austin Matthews. I, I yeah. really do. It's, I think you could make a case for Huberto. You could certainly make a case for Shesterkin. He could be the MVP of the New York Rangers. Obviously, McDavid. But, yeah, and McDavid and Dreisaitl for sure. But mm. Huberto's got a good chance to win it. But if you look at what the Panthers have been able to do offensively, there's too many moving parts for you to say Jonathan Huberto single-handedly carried this team on his back and won um, and, and deserves the Hart Trophy. All right, who wins the Jack Adams, which is Coach of the Year? So I think I'm a, I'm biased, but I think it should be, be I think it should be Gerard Gallant because the Rangers were supposed to be an up-and-coming team, and he's done a great job. But a guy from the West that I want to highlight is Daryl Sutter in Calgary. Yes, because I did not think that they were going to be in the position they are today. They've had a phenomenal year, and Sutter has done a great job there. I think he's definitely a guy that can win it too. I I agree with Sutter. I'm also going to be biased and say Andrew Brunette. I agree with that. Too. We had we had Randy Moore on a few weeks ago. And you were talking about, will he be the full-time head coach of the team? What he's done since the Quenville investigation has been nothing short of unbelievable. I don't even think the Panthers would be in first place if they didn't have Andrew Brunette behind the bench. And I was one of those people that immediately said after the investigation and that Quenville was going to go down, that the Panthers would not would barely get into the playoffs because they don't have a coach. What Andrew Burnett has done, he has 54 wins this year, and the way that he always wills this team, they have leaders on that bench, they play so hard every night. I think you got to give it to Burnett. I really do, because... The season they've had, the, too. I was going to say, 114, they've had the, this is the best season the Panthers have had in franchise history. 54 wins, 114 points, perhaps the number one seed in the East, maybe the President's Trophy, if they get lucky, um, so let's um, let, let's flip the script a little bit. Who's the first coach to get fired? First coach to get fired. I got one. You how go. About, you go first. How about the San Jose Sharks head coach? Because looking at this, looking at this team, they have seventy points this season, right? Mm-hmm. They have twelve overtime or shootout losses. That's Bob Booner, by the way, former Panthers head coach. If they had gotten those twelve extra points, they'd have eighty-two. And they'd be very close to catching L.A. in the playoffs. The Sharks have had so many opportunities to win games that they're supposed to win and win games that they're not supposed to win. It goes down to the wire, and they just can't pull it, pull them out. They had two games against Florida they should have won. They had multiple games against get opponents they should have won. They should have won in Nashville. They should have won in Chicago. They should have won in Dallas. And they should have won in Minnesota. The last four games have been a disaster. Bob Booner has to go for the Sharks. So I have a couple guys, but I just looked. Chicago's coach mm-hmm. is an interim coach, so yep. I mean I'm not going to count him. Nope. I'm not going to count St. Louis either for Montreal because he was also stepping. But how about the Anaheim Ducks coach, Dallas Eakins? Oh yeah, because they they looked great the first half, and they just completely fell off the tracks the second half. You know they choked. You and I thought that they were going to get into the playoffs, and now they've. They've completely fallen off. They had that massive losing streak. They only have, they're under 574 points. That's a terrible year for a team that was in such a good spot halfway through. I think he's going to go. All right. Well, that's our hockey talk. We'll stay with you guys after the break. We'll talk some baseball. You're listening to the Marvel Sports Talk Show on WQAQ Radio. 
I gotta go. American woman. Yeah. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we gonna do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure, if you want. What about can... canoeing? Can we go canoeing too? I don't see why. What about a bike ride? No, I want to fish. Okay. I've never been fishing. Honey, we can do it all. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not. Is it gonna be long? No, sweetie. I bet it takes forever. It's not that far. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? No way. Come on, come on. It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking, plus much more. It's all right in your naturehood. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, what? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, Introducing a new day of the week. It's called Someday. Now, everything you were going to do someday is on the calendar. Want to retire someday? You'll really want this. A My Social Security account at socialsecurity.gov. You can estimate your future benefits and manage current benefits online. Millions of people have a My Social Security account. Get yours today because someday is here at socialsecurity.gov. Welcome back to the Marvel Sports Talk Show inside the Carl Hansen Student Center. Talking baseball with David Marr and Andrew Spezzano here. And let's get it started with, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, the New York Yankees took a uh, small trip down to uh, Baltimore. It's probably the worst team in baseball. And uh, what happened? They lost two of three in Baltimore. I'm not a Yankee fan, but like, what? What? 
You have the best bullpen in baseball. You have Nestor Cortez, who I thought pitched the game of his life against Baltimore, and you won one game? You have to explain that for me. I don't know what the hell just happened. So let's start with the fact that the Yankees' <laughs> offense has been absolutely abysmal. Like, they scored, let's see, they scored seven runs? No, six, six runs. Six. six runs in three games in Baltimore. Pitiful. Against a team that they have mashed the ball against the last few years. But, like, they wasted such great pitching. Like, the Yankees' pitching has been phenomenal. It's been the best in the American League. Fourth best in baseball. Their bullpen's awesome. They've had the best bullpen in the league. I think the Rockies somehow have the best ERA from bullpen, but that's going to change pretty quickly, I would assume. Mm. But the Yankees' pitching staff is legit. It's And that's what they needed. But the offense, which was supposed to be insane... Has not done anything. And let's talk about Aaron Boone. And he's the reason the Yankees lost this series. It's because it is April. It is April. And he benched Aaron Judge on Friday night. He's doing the same thing he did last year. Aaron Judge has hit 26 home runs against the Orioles since 2018, which is the third most of any player against an individual team. You are benching him in an April game. I understand if it's a July game when you're 100 plus games into the season. And then on Saturday, he benched, or no, Sunday, he benches Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. How are they supposed to get hot if they're on the bench? And he's changing the lineups around every single day. Like, how are you, how are guys going to get consistent and get hot if they're batting in a different spot in the lineup every day? And if they don't know if they're going to be playing each day, Aaron Boone is. I just don't understand. And then a bullpen move the other day, he he screwed the game. He brought in he brought in Lucas Litke to face actually let's let's rewind a little bit. So <laughs> it was bases loaded, two outs, zero zero game in the eighth inning. And Jonathan Loizaga had walked like two of the last three batters and had thrown a lot of pitches and the Orioles send up ex Yankee Rugnetto Door. You were supposed to bring in a lefty then with two outs and the bases loaded. Rugnetto Odor, we saw it last year when he was on the Yankees. He cannot hit against lefties. You bring in Litke and get out of the inning. Instead, Rugnetto Odor gets a two-run single. Then you bring in Litke <coughs> to face two righties who proceed to get an RBI two-run double and an RBI single. Aaron Boone, I don't understand what he's doing. He has been an atrocity. The shortstop they've brought in, Isaiah Connor Falefa, he has been awful. Kyle Higashioka's spring sharing was obviously a fluke. He has three hits on the season. Aaron Judge, who thinks that he should be the highest paid outfielder in baseball, is hitting 270 with one RBI on the season. Like, like I it's it's just been a really rough start. They're still five and five. I'm not ready to panic yet because no. the other teams in the East, Tampa Bay's five and six. Toronto's only six and four. Boston's five and five. You know, each team's got their own flaw right now, but it's frustrating because this team going up against the Orioles that they should have swept could be seven and three right now. Aren't you glad that you signed Aaron Boone for a three year contract extension? No. <laughs> Buck Show Walter should be the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we, we left the Bronx Sunday night and we said, like, wow, the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball, even though they lost the game. And to see them go to Baltimore and get slacked offensively just makes you wonder, is it... And the if, Orioles pitching staff is not good. No, it's not. So, which makes yeah, you wonder, is it, was it the players just playing poorly? Or was yes. it just the, was it the manager who just did stupid decisions? Combination of both. He He's doing the same thing he did last year at the beginning of the season where he's like, well... I could take Aaron Judge out for a game in April. That These games are important. Yeah, every game matters. Your goal is to win the World Series. You can't do that if you're pulling your best players off the bench in a division game. It is a divisional game against a team that you should demolish easily. And, oh, you know what? Oh, all right, Aaron Judge is gone. Oh, you know what? Let's throw this guy in there and let's see how he does. No, you only do that if your guys have COVID or if they're, like, really banged up. That's the only reason why you should do it. That's a boneheaded move for a boneheaded team for that is being managed by some bonehead, all right? Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. It's They're 10 games in. It's not time to panic. They're a good team. They are Just a good team. Just run by an, an idiot. But, <laughs> which is why I said at the end of last season, um, off air, that if you give Aaron Boone one more year, just one more year, 
And if he doesn't deliver, you could throw throw out his contract and say, see you later, out the door, goodbye. Mm-hmm. You gave him a three-year deal, which means you can't get out of it even if you wanted to. And even if they are still an average team, by the end of June, which will be halfway through the season, after the All-Star game. They've got, they better be 10 or 15 games over 500. You can't let him go. You cannot let Aaron Boone walk out the door because you signed him to a three-year extension, and he is the only reason why why this is happening right now. I, I guarantee you, if Alex Cora was managing this team, he would have easily thrown in his best players every single game. George Steinbrenner was still owning the team. It's, Boone wouldn't even be here. It's ridiculous. All right. I will go rant about the Boston Red Sox right now because I'm going to see them tomorrow at Fenway Park, which has been my first trip to Fenway this season. I'm hoping to make a lot this year. But the Red Sox have the buzz- worst. You talk about best bullpen in baseball. Guess who has the absolute worst bullpen in baseball? That would be the Boston Red Sox because the Red Sox, they paid Trevor Story $150 million for six years. He hasn't done anything other than hit a uh, RBI double in the game against Toronto, which is currently tied at one. He hasn't done anything. Xander Bogarts wants a new contract. He hasn't done anything. Rafael Devers has been arguably their best player. He still hasn't done anything. He wants a new contract. Alex Verdugo is actually showing up, and he's actually doing something. But the Red Sox have no pitching. They have no pitching. They have the worst bullpen in baseball, even though it saved them in the Bronx on Sunday Night Baseball. They have the worst. It was so bad on Marathon Monday I think the game was what four nothing after three innings. It was that bad. Final that the Red Sox are not supposed to lose on Marathon Monday, and they got blown out by the Minnesota Twins, another team that has no pitching. (laughs) Yep. I mean, the Red Sox have the offense to win. They have no bullpen. Their only hope is if their starters, who also haven't done anything, Evaldi's been average. Pavetta's been terrible. Um. Hauk has been okay. He's been good. Hauk is okay. He's going to be on the COVID list because they're going to Toronto next week. Um, Rich Hill is a washed-up old guy, even though I love him because he's from Milton, which is a town over from where I am. He hasn't done anything. And Garrett Whitlock Whitlock has been their best bullpen guy. He's phenomenal. And he hasn't done anything. They won't give him the opportunity to go out there and shut games down. I was calling for him on Sunday Night Baseball in a one-run game, and they threw out Jake Diekman, even though he struck out three guys. He's... Only three batters he faced in that inning. He struck all three of them out. The Red Sox are not good to win games with their bullpen. They have to win games on their offense. They have to hope that their starters go at least seven innings, and they can win. But as of right now, they're just not a good team. I, again, it's it's so early, and we know that Boston sports this year have made tremendous comebacks. Who knows? But right now, I don't have a good feeling about this Red Sox team at all. All right. We're done ranting about our teams. Let's get into some of the other teams we don't talk about. All right. Let's go to um, a team that I think most of us at Quinnipiac all love, which would be the New York Mets. The Mets are 8-3. and three. They have really done a good job. They had their home opener a couple of weeks ago, and it was a fantastic scene at, at um, City Field. The Mets are playing really well. I, I, I was concerned about how they would do without DeGrom. Didn't look like they needed him. Look, They've been playing tremendous for the first uh, few weeks of the season. Yeah, the Mets are off to a good start, but let's also not forget that they've played the Washington Nationals, the Philadelphia Phillies. What's wrong with Philadelphia? The Arizona Diamondbacks, and now they're playing They're playing the Giants now, but they've only played one game against them. So they've seen some of the worst pitching staffs in baseball. But I will say, Steve Cohen brought in some very good players. Eduardo Escobar and Mark Canna have both been phenomenal. Starley Marte, I was begging for the Yankees to bring him in to play center field. <laughs> He is off to a very good start. Francisco Lindor had a walk-off hit today. He's had some big swings for that Mets team. He had two homers in their home opener. Yep. You know, he's doing a great job. Pete Alonso, he has, I think, 12 RBIs. Their offense is on fire, and their starting pitching is phenomenal. You know, they've got Tyler McGill has done a great job for them. I mean, he didn't pitch well today against the Giants. He gave up four, but he is he won their opener um, Max Scherzer's pitching very well right now against San Francisco. They lead 3 nothing in the fourth. And, you know, Carlos Carrasco looked great the other day, and they're going to get Jacob DeGrom back at some point, but for Lord knows how long because of the way he's pitching just isn't built to last. But their bullpen is terrible. Yep. Their bullpen stinks. Seth Lugo got booed off the field the other day. <laughs> um, Trevor Mays has like a 6 ERA. He's been really bad. Edwin Diaz has been good. He has improved. 
But the rest the rest of that team, they're that bullpen has been atrocious. They don't have a guy, a left-hander to get people out. I have no idea why they traded Miguel Castro, who's probably their best reliever outside of Diaz to the Yankee to the Yankees for Joely Rodriguez, who has like a 10 ERA, just because they were that desperate for a lefty, they traded one of their better pitchers. I, I think the Mets, they're good, but I think they're a little, their pitching is holding them back a little bit, I think, against good teams. The, the difference between the Red Sox and the Mets is that the Mets have the starting rotation to win them games, and the Red Sox don't. That's why I trust the Mets more, and they're playing... Yes. Their offense has been on fire. They have a plus 27 run differential, which is third, uh, second best in the NL, and it's also second best in MLB. So they're playing well. I like the way their offense is playing. They're going to get DeGrom back at some point, and that's just going to boost up a really good starting rotation. But you're right. Their bullpen's horrible. It has to get fixed. Both bullpens between the Red Sox and the Mets are horrible. Um, all right, NL West. Were you shocked to see the Colorado the Colorado Rockies, who I think we both said at the beginning of the season, had no business being in a division full of Dodgers, Giants, and Padres? Are you surprised to see them at 7-3 and three for the first 10 games of the season and tied for second place in that division? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they. I did not think that they would be in this position at all. They've got absolutely zero pitching outside of Herman Marquez, but their pitching has done a good job yeah. somehow. And they, they went out and beat up the Dodgers the opening weekend. They beat and up the Cubs, too. They beat up the Cubs, too. And they've got some really impressive bats in that lineup. Obviously, Chris Bryant is a huge signing to replace Trevor Story. I think I think Bryant's better than Story. Yep. And then they've got Connor Joe, who's been unbelievable, hitting three fifty nine. Charlie Blackman hit a nice homer. C.J. Crone has hit some absolute moonshots yeah. for this Rockies team. He hit one onto the concourse the other day. They've got and Randall Gritchick picking him up was big, and Jose Iglesias. They've made they've made some nice additions, and their bullpen has done a good job with Daniel Bard closing. I think they lead baseball in bullpen ERA right now, yep. which is another surprise for pitching in Colorado. But they've done a good job, and if they're going to emerge into a legit team, <laughs> they could keep this up through April and May. I agree. I, I like Colorado right now in this div- I, I don't like them in this division, but they could with, get a with an extra card. two spots up for grabs in the in, in the playoffs, they could swoop in there. I still think the Dodgers are good. I still think the Giants are good. I still think the Padres are good. But Colorado is, has played really well. They just have to keep this rolling. They're, they're doing a good job. The bats have been great. Their bullpen has been unbelievable. And, you know, their pitching has been lights out. I mean, this is what a complete team should look like. Good offense. Good pitching, good bullpen, and a solid defense. The Rockies have everything. They're doing the little things right, which is one of the reasons why I have a little bit of faith in them through the first few weeks of the season. It's still early, and you know, that division is really tight, but the way they played against the Dodgers was really good. The way they played against the Cubs was really good. They have to keep it rolling. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to be looking for for the Rockies. All right, jumping back to the American League. Um, Mike Trout got hurt. Actually, let's start off with Oakland because we thought Oakland was going to be a disaster going into the season. And they are 6-5 and five. through the first 11 games of the season. They're a half game out of first place. Again, it's early, but I'm just saying we both thought the Athletics would be terrible. And yet, they're showing signs of life. They have a plus-14 run differential, and they're 6-5. and five. So is this like, okay, it's just the beginning of the season, it's just the A's, or... Could this be something else that we're not seeing with Oakland right now? You know, looking at their numbers, their pitching staff has not been very good. You know, Frankie Montas leads their team. He's he's a good pitcher, but Cole Irvin has a 5.4 ERA. Some of their back-end guys like Jeffries and Blackburn have had a couple of good outings, but their bullpen is atrocious. But let's talk about their offense, yeah. and it is legit. You know, they've got guys, Sean Murphy right now might be the best catcher in the AL offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got two homers and eight RBIs, and he's playing a great defense back there. Chad Pender's had some big hits. Tony Kemp, he's having a, a really solid start, too, as the, their table setter getting on base. And Seth Brown with nine RBIs and two homers. You know, they've got they've got a lot of guys that are producing, and... You know, they've played really good defense. You know, Elvis Andrews is a solid shortstop. And they went out, they went into Tampa Bay and took three out of four, which surprised everyone. Yep. You know, they're off to a good start, but 
they're, I just don't think they have enough pitching, and I don't know if these these offensive performances are enough, especially in a division where you have the Astros who are playing well right now. Jeremy Pena has been phenomenal at shortstop, replacing Carlos Correa. He's got better numbers than him right now, and the obviously the Angels who are solid too. Yeah, Mike Trout getting hurt in uh, a couple of games ago is going to be... That's going to um, be a big blow. Yeah, it is a big blow, and it's going to determine how far they're going to go. Um, if it comes down to that, um, but I I think Oakland Oakland offense is good, pitching isn't. But I like the way that they've competed. They haven't really going into Tampa and winning was huge. But let's keep seeing them compete because obviously when you trade all those your stars away, you have to have something that makes the fans want to say like, okay, we're rebuilding. We're not good, but we're competing. We're showing a lot of fight. We could be something special in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I also think the A's have a really good farm system, too. They do. Um, in uh, Las Vegas. So um, I think Oakland's on the right side. I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about Seattle with their COVID issues right now. Um, but as, as a division favorite, I think that we both picked them to win the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're in trouble. All right, let's quickly go lightning round. Which team do you trust more, the Blue Jays or the White Sox? I'm going to go with the White Sox because I do not trust the Blue Jays pitching. You know, Hinshin Ryu is now sidelined for a month. And, you know, Jose Barrios hasn't looked great. Their bullpen has looked atrocious. I mean, obviously, they've got Vlad. But I watched Toronto play against the Yankees. They got shut out twice. So that shows if you have good <laughs> pitching, you can beat this. Very, by the way, Toronto is very righty-heavy. Yep. You, you could beat this righty-heavy offense if you have good pitching. The Yankees shut them out twice. But let's talk about Chicago. Their bullpen is phenomenal. You know, they went out and got Kendall Graveman. He's really good. But let's talk about their offense. They got Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal's a monster at catcher, Andrew Vaughn. They've got a lot of, they have almost as good of an offense as Toronto on paper. Yeah. And then their pitching staff, Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech going from a reliever to a starter has been unbelievable. He's been great. You know, he, he's only given up one run in nine innings. And Dylan Cease has 16 Ks in 10 and two thirds. And Dallas Keuchel's not bad. And obviously they've got Lucas Giolito, and they're going to have Lance Lynn coming back from injury in, I think, two months. They've this. I really do trust this Chicago team over mm-hmm. Toronto right now, especially I, in the division they play, because <coughs> Toronto's got some good teams in the AL East. You just said you didn't trust I, the Red Sox, Yankees, or not the Yankees, the Red Sox, Rays, or the Blue Jays. I trust, I trust all of them over uh, Detroit, Cleveland, and Minnesota. Okay, all right, though. it's fine. I agree with the White Sox. I will say Cleveland has looked really good. They have. They score in bunches. I'm not impressed with their pitching, but they've been really solid. They were supposed to play Chicago this weekend or this week, but a couple of the games have been postponed. The Blue Jays have the best offense, but the White Sox have a good offense and a much better, uh, much better pitching staff and a much better defense. So I would give the edge to them. All right, another which which team do you trust more right now, St. Louis or the Cubs? St. Louis or the Cubs. Let's I see. think the Cubs, I, I, I'm i riding the Cubs. I think that mm-hmm. Seiya Suzuki has come in and been phenomenal for the Cubs. I think he was exactly what everyone in Chicago was hoping to see out of him. Um, their pitching has been okay. I will say Suzuki leads in just about every major statistical category at this point. Mm-hmm. But that's what I think everybody expected out of him, to be in that such similar situation. But Patrick Wisdom has played good. Frank Schwindel has been been pretty good. Wilson Contreras had a good season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think their pitching just has some work to do. They don't really have a great rotation. Kyle Hendricks is okay. Drew Smiley is okay. Marcus Stroman, who they brought over, is is going to be okay. But I think it's just their bullpen is going to have to keep them in games because I think their offense is going to have to be really solid if they're going to win games. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Okay. You know, the reason that they're... I mean, they're still sitting atop the division, I think. Uh, yes, they are. They're 5-3. and three, But they're doing this, and neither Dylan Carlson or Paul Goldschmidt have heated up yet. You know, they're getting... And Owen Arenado already is putting up MVP numbers, hitting four thirty three with four homers and 12 ribbies. Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, and Harrison Bader have had some big hits. And then on their pitching staff, they got Adam Wainwright. Steven Matz has looked really 
he looked really good the other day in his start for them. And then their bullpen, they got Jordan Hicks. They got Gio Gallegos, who's a good closer. Genesis Cabrera is solid. I I trust the St. Louis team more because I think they have more depth. But I am impressed with Seiya Suzuki and Kyle Hendricks has looked good. They do have the pieces to contend, but I just trust the Cardinals a little more. All right. Um, which AL team has surprised you in a good or a bad way through the first few weeks of the season? Ooh. Um, I'll start if you want. You could start, yeah. I'm going to say Minnesota. I think Minnesota, you you said they had no pitching, which I, I 100% agree with, but let's talk about their offense. I mean, their offense has put up numbers. They they took two out of two out of four from Boston. Um, I, I do think the way that they lost to the Dodgers was definitely based on pitching, but I like Polanco's been good. Buxton, he got hurt, which is going to be a, a big blow to both offense and defense. But your boy Gary Sanchez, by the way, seven RBIs, which currently leads the team. Um, I think Gio Urshela's come in and played okay. Um, the, the problem is they're not consistent. They have to be consistent offensively, and we know that how bad their pitching is, but um, they just have to find some consistency in their offense. They've surprised me in a good way, a team that surprised me in a bad way, which would be Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay's mm-hmm. been a disappointment for the first few series of the season. They really haven't. Their offense has been, which was what won them a lot of games last year, has been a completely di- complete disappointment. Losing three out of four to Oakland is is not acceptable. Losing two out of three to Chicago and two games that you should have won is not acceptable. The Rays have issues. It's again, it's early, but they surprised me in a bad way to start the season. I agree with the Rays, but for my bad one, I'm going to go with the Phillies. That's not an and, AL team. Oh, we're doing AL team. Yeah. Okay. I was looking at NL. You could say Rays would be bad. Um, you could say, you could pick another one that's good. Rays, I'm going to agree with for bad and for good. I think I'm 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 going to go with Oakland. Okay. I did not think that they'd be six and five at this point, and they've put up the most runs in the AL West with 58. They've been finding ways to drive guys in. I am impressed with the way that they've started, but I just I don't know if it's able to sustain. And then I'll I'll also throw in Cleveland because yep. I didn't think that their offense would be this good either. And the last one as we wrap up, same thing. Biggest two biggest surprises in a good or a bad way. I'll start. I will start with good. And I'm going to say Miami. I, I, I know that the that. I know the NL East is not a good division, but I did not expect Miami to be in second place at this point in the season. I really didn't. I know that they're struggling offensively, but I'm impressed with their pitching. They beat the Phillies three out of four times. All three of those games were convincing. Like they're they're a solid team. Jesus Sanchez, 343 average. Jazz Chisholm. I know he has some issues with the with the manager, but he has 10 RBIs this season. They're ninth in on-base percentage, which is really solid. And their pitching has been okay. It's not great, but it's okay. It can keep them in games. And that division is not its not a good division, which brings me to my negative aspect, and that would be Philadelphia. I mean, what the hell is wrong with the Philadelphia Phillies? Everybody's back this year. They have all their aces, all their, all their big hitters like Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos, and they got Kyle Schwarber. And they have been an absolute train wreck of a, of a baseball team, for sure. You cannot lose three out of four in Miami. You cannot lose the last game of the series to Oakland. You cannot go two and uh, one and two against the Mets in a game that I thought was going to determine who's the early division favorite. The Phillies got obliterated. And then they go to Miami and lay three more goose eggs. Like, mm. I, I just think Philadelphia has got to get it together. They do have a good pitching staff. They do have a good roster offensively, but they've been a big disappointment so far. So for my good team, I'm going to go with the Colorado Rockies yep. at seven and three, and they put the second put up the second most runs in that division and have the number one bullpen right now in baseball statistically. It's got to be them because nobody saw them starting off this well. And then for my bad team, I'm going to go with another team in the NL East. Obviously, I said the Phillies earlier, but I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves. Oh, yeah, that was definitely. They've given up the most runs in, they're actually tied with the Reds, who have lost seven in a row, (coughs) in giving up the most runs in all of the National League. Yep. And let's see if that's, that's actually in all of baseball. Yeah. Their pitching staff has been terrible. Mm -hmm. Max Fried has not looked good, and I'm really concerned. I mean, they've had a tough schedule, but. They're they've been really bad, and I'm, I think the Mets right now might be the favorite. Yeah, I do, I do, I do think. East. Yeah, and we'll definitely continue to talk about baseball as we go through the 
first month of the season. So that will do it for us for the Marvel Sports Talk Show. Stay tuned for Trash Talk is coming up in just a few minutes. For Andrew, I'm David saying so long and have a great rest of your evening. Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure, if you want. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. What about a bike ride? No, I want to fish. Okay. I've never been fishing. Honey, we can do it all. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not. Is it going to be long? No, sweetie. I bet it takes forever. It's not that far. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? No way. Come on, come on. It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking, plus much more. It's all right in your naturehood. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close. I'm so close. And when I I finished, I was like, I'm done. I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the marines. Existen aquellos que viven con gran honra, llenos de valentía y comprometidos a una causa mayor. Siempre han defendido a nuestra nación y así lo seguirán haciendo. The few. The Proud, the Marines. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. Get some rear security. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance, in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home.
As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines.